Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pina, and I'm bringing you today's word for March 7th, 2023. Going into this year, normally what I do at the beginning of the year is I have a, a series of teachings that I get into about receiving vision for the year and how God is not tied to calendar years, but God does give us enough vision and light to be able to make the most of every of every ser- uh, season or period or, or period of time in our lives. And so what I seek to do on an annual basis is seek God for vision, write down some things, get some goals in different areas of our lives. And I teach people how to do that in January normally. Well, leading into this year on New Year's Eve, the Lord said, no, I want you to start the year with a series on the miracles, the miracles of Jesus. And man, I was so excited. I love the miracles of Jesus. I taught on this before. Obviously, I preached on this before. I was sharing with somebody yesterday that when they were telling me, hey, you know, like the miracle from yesterday, I'm going to talk about that. But they were sharing with me, when I read the Bible, I don't see all the stuff that you see. Well, when you first read a passage of scripture, when you first read a, a, a pericope, a pericope is a unit of thought that must be carried uh, to its logical conclusion. So when, when I teach in Bible college, so when we're looking at hermeneutics and homiletics, homiletics is how to deliver the word of God or how to preach. Hermeneutics is how to interpret scripture. So when you're dealing with hermeneutics and how to interpret scripture, and I'm looking at a pericope, this unit of thought that must be carried out to its logical conclusion, sometimes it's three verses, sometimes it's 30 verses, sometimes it's one chapter, sometimes it's two chapters but you have to really have to understand the context. But when you're dealing with that, the first time you read it, you're just kind of getting a surface level understanding. The next time you read it, you're trying to say, oh, who's in the text? What's going on? The next time you read it, you can get maybe another level of understanding. Well, when it comes to these miracles, I probably read these miracles. I don't know. I told the person yesterday like 57 times or maybe more, right? So when I'm coming to this stuff, I've been doing this stuff for years, uh, preaching for 28 years now. So God gives me a different level of understanding. I'm open to divine insight, wisdom, revelation, knowledge, and understanding. And I can see things in the text that a lot of people don't see. And I enjoy this. I mean, I'm called to do it and I love it. So I'm going to talk about yesterday's message because I have to go back to it again today. But we looked at this deaf man who could not speak. And so this is part two of that, 39 of the old overall series, part 39 of the miracles. And the title of today's message comes in the form of a question. Here's the question. Do you realize how much God loves you? I mean, for real, for real. Do you realize how much God loves me? Put in the chat, say, God loves me. And I know it. Today, as I'm teaching from this miracle, I believe that you are going to be overwhelmed with the goodness of God. I want you to realize how much God loves you. Get ready for the word. All right, so let's get into this word. We want to be overwhelmed with the goodness and the grace of God today. And so before I get into the actual miracle, we're looking at Psalms 126 and verse 4. This is a scripture that I said we will look at for most of the year. Uh, let me, I'm sorry, let me just silence this. Uh, these notifications. All right, cool. Uh, so the Bible says in Psalms 126 and verse 4, now, Lord, do it again. Say, Lord, do it again. Now, Lord, do it again. I told you already that this is a season where I believe that the last few years were difficult for many people going back to the beginning of the pandemic. Even 22 was a challenging year for many, but and, and people lost something along the way. And there's areas of your life that, that got dry. 
But God in this season is refreshing us and restoring us. The Bible says, Lord, do it again. Restore us to the former glory. May streams of your refreshing flow over us until dry hearts are drenched again. Every dry area, put in the chat, say no dry areas for me. Every dry area of your life will be drenched again. Every dry area. I'm, so, I'm talking about this refreshing, this restoring. This is what God is, is, is releasing and we're experiencing that in this season. Say amen to that. All right. So let's look at this miracle again. Mark chapter seven, verses 31 through 37. The Bible says, after this, Jesus left the coastland of Tyre and came through Sidon on his way, way to Lake Galilee in the region of Syria. Some people, we don't know who they were, brought a deaf man to Jesus who was deaf. He could not hear. And he had a severe speech impediment. Now they pleaded with Jesus to lay hands on this man and to heal him. So Jesus took the man away from the crowd into a private spot. And then he stuck his fingers into the man's ears and placed some of his spit, some of his saliva from his own tongue on the man's tongue. And he had to get the man to open up his mouth. I'm gonna deal with all of that in a minute. Then he gazed into heaven. He sighed deeply and spoke to the man's ears and said, Epapka, which means in Aramaic, open up now or literally be open. And at once the man's ears were open and he could hear perfectly and his tongue was untied. And so he was able to speak perfectly or normally. Then Jesus ordered everyone to keep the miracle silent, but sure enough, they didn't do that. They, they were beside themselves. They, they never seen anything like this. And so they went and told everyone everywhere about Jesus. And they said, man, this man is, is wonderful what he does. He even causes the deaf to hear and the mute to speak. So what does this mean for you? Today, I wanted to, I, I, I was going to move on to the next miracle, but I got so many like uh, comments in the chat, email responses, phone calls, and text messages about this miracle from yesterday uh, that I, I don't know, I was meditating on it. And I'm just led, led to go back to it again today. And so I have three things to share with you on this morning. And I really believe that these three things are going to be a blessing to you. This is why I need you to open up your heart to receive. Open, rid your mind of all distractions. Lock in on these three things. You ready? Here's number one. The love of God is amazing. The love that God has for us is amazing. I want you to know that God loves you with this unconditional and everlasting love. And so as I was thinking about this thing yesterday, it really, just thinking about this miracle, just to me, personifies the, the, the love of God. Let, let me let me kind of recap what I told you yesterday. So Jesus comes into Decapolis, this area known as Decapolis or 10 cities. There's a man that's brought to Jesus. He's deaf and he's mute. He's brought to Jesus by other people, kind of like the man that was born of four, the man whose four friends carried you know, their friend who was paralyzed to Jesus. When they got to the house where Jesus was teaching, they couldn't get in the house, so they carried him up on the roof and they tore a hole into the roof and lay, low, lowered him down in front of Jesus. And Jesus saw their faith. And then he said to the man, pick up your mat, you know, and all of that. So we know that story. In this case, some people brought a man to Jesus just like they did. But unlike the other situation, these friends didn't exhibit any faith. They just brought the friend to Jesus and they left the man with Jesus. Now, here's the problem. Let me explain, because I've talked to you God's grace and our faith like a gazillion times, and I have to keep teaching it so you can get it. God does everything that he does for us by grace. Say grace. I teach the grace life because everything God does for us, is he does it by grace. Grace is free, unearned, unmerited, undeserved. However, for us to receive from God and his grace, 
we must provide faith. It is by faith that we lay hold of the grace of God. You got it? So put that in the chat. Say, I use my faith to lay hold of the grace of God. I got it. So now here's the situation. Jesus has a man in front of him who cannot hear <laughs> and he cannot speak, right? And Jesus wants to work with him. Jesus wants the man to, to build up his faith or to release his faith. And so he's like, okay, well, what can I do? The man can see, and I told you yesterday, the man can feel, right? So his sight and his touch were working, but his speaking and his hearing were not working. So he's like, okay, what am I going to do? Let me, let me minister to this man in a way that he can receive it. So Jesus takes the man away from everyone else, and he ministers to him in a way that he can receive it. He needed the man to stir up his faith to hear. Now, if the man can't hear... And I'm, and I'm saying, hey, I'm about to release healing for your uh, for your ears, but you can't hear me. So what is one way for me to get you? I, you can see and you can, you can feel. So what is one way for me to get you to kind of build up faith for your hearing? Well, Jesus took his hands and fingers and stuck it in the man's ears. My son, Ethan, my nine-year-old last night was like, oh my God, that's nasty. He, put, he got earwax in his fingers. Like people pay attention to stuff that don't make no, like, but anyway, Jesus, yeah. So Jesus like, bam. So the guy's like, oh, okay, okay, my hearing, yes. Yeah, I got it. Okay, that's good, right? So now now that he was like, okay, you, you got it? You understand? I'm about to heal your ears. Oh, got it, okay. Now Jesus has to get, get the man to believe that he's going to lose his tongue. But once again, for you to release your faith, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. The guy can't hear, so he can't hear the word of God, right? The guy can't speak, so he can't speak the language of faith. He can't say, Lord, be it unto me. He can't say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy. He can't do none of that. So he's like, dog, he can't release his faith. He can't say nothing. So what am I... I need and I need him to open up his mouth. And I told you yesterday. Now I, I I read a book years ago when I started preaching when I was in Bible college. This was over twenty years ago. Wow, over twenty five years ago now. Um, there's a book by Dr. Warren W. Wearsby called "Preaching and Teaching with Imagination." So I, I don't know about you, but when I look at the text, I mean, I see myself there. I see Jesus standing in front of this man, and Jesus wants to get the man to release his faith for his tongue. But how can Jesus? And then Jesus wants to put spit saliva from his own tongue on the man's tongue. Well, how can he get him to open up his mouth? Well, most people I was talking to yesterday, well, normally you say, say, ah. But if I say, say, ah, you can't hear me. If you can't hear me, you don't know what I just said. Say, ah. Okay, what does that mean, right? So so Jesus like, uh, 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 yeah. So I'm like, like I, I can just imagine Jesus going through the motions to get the man to stick his tongue out. He sticks his tongue out. Then Jesus takes spit from his own tongue, puts it on the man's tongue then looks up into heaven, declares a word, be open. And now after he touched his ears, after he touched his tongue, after he went through all this creative process to get the man to stir up, bam, bam, or immediately the Bible says, boop, he had the ability to hear and his tongue boop, was loosened and he had the ability to speak. We serve a God who will go to great lengths to minister to us in ways that we can receive. That's how much God loves us. I'm going to keep going, but I'm really dealing with the love of God, but also grace and faith. You got it? All right, let's go to number two. God is looking for your faith. Hebrews 11 and 6 says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. So let me let me deal with that for a minute. I, I talk a lot about the grace of God, right? But 
while God does everything that he does for us by grace, we are called and commanded to walk and live by faith. So it is my faith that taps into God's grace. Hebrews 11 and 6 says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. And the word there, impossible, you can look, at, look it up in Hebrew, Greek, and Aramaic. It means impossible. You cannot please God without faith. So while God does everything that he does for us by grace, when he comes to us, he is looking for my faith. Put, put in the chat, God is looking for faith for me, and I declare that he shall find it. God is going to find faith. And matter of fact, the Bible says that when Jesus comes back, he's going to be looking for faith in the earth. So God does everything that he does by grace. He's looking for us to release our faith. So God's grace is access with our faith. So if God requires us to operate by faith and to do everything by faith to lay hold of God's grace, it would be unrighteous of God as a father to require something from us that he didn't already prepare us for. So Romans chapter 12 and verse 3 says that God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. So God has already dealt to you the, the faith that you need to receive the grace that he has provided. Let me slow down on this. I'm, I'm teaching today. I want you to get it. God has provided to you the faith that you need to lay hold of the grace that he has already provided. So, so now what God does is now that he says, okay, I have provided the grace for my son. I have provided the grace for my daughter to walk in my best. I've also given them faith. So now they have faith and they have the graces made available. Now what God does through the Holy Spirit, through other people, God sends people like me to help you stir up your faith. Now, you already have faith. Romans 12 and 3 says God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. So you can't say you don't have faith because without faith, you can even call on Jesus. You have faith. Grace is made available for you to become the man or the woman that God has called you to be. But now what God does is he will go out of his way to help you to stir up your faith. What was Jesus doing when he stuck his fingers in the man's ears? He was stirring up his faith to receive healing. What was Jesus doing when he made him stick out his tongue and put saliva from his tongue on the man's tongue? He was getting him to stir up his faith to receive healing to be able to speak. Listen, God had to get creative with this man who could not hear and he could not speak, and God will get creative with you. We serve a God who will get creative. He will go out of his way to get your attention. God will, God will, I can't tell you how many times I'm doing today's word and somebody will call me or text me and be like, oh my God, that was just for me. Why? Because they heard something I, I may not have even said. God will get creative. God will make sure you hear what you need to hear in order to stir up your faith. If you're not paying attention, God will send somebody to you. You could be in the line at Walmart paying for something and somebody will walk up to you and say, excuse me, I don't normally do this. This is kind of strange, but God told me to tell you. You know what I'm saying? I mean, God will send people. God will give you dreams while you're sleeping. God will give you open visions while you're awake. I don't know what it is about driving, but when you're driving, God will speak to you. It's like God will speak to you in the car. God will speak to you while you're worshiping. God will speak to you while you're driving. You know what I'm saying? God will speak to you when you're reading the word. You have to be open. And what God is looking to do, come on now, is God is looking to stir up the faith that he has given you. You have put it in the chat, say, I already have faith. I have the faith, but now God is looking for you to stir it up. God is looking for you in this season to stir up the faith for you to be refreshed and restored and revived. This is your season and this is your time. And so when you come to today's word and I'm preaching and teaching the word of God, the Holy Spirit inside of me through the word of God is stirring up. There's some things that in your heart will be agitated. There's some things that were dormant and it's like the fire was dormant and the Lord... The Lord will stir it up. God will poke the fire 
break the embers so that what? Lord, do it again. Restore us to the former glory. You need to sometimes to be stirred up. Sometimes your heart and your faith needs to be agitated. Sometimes you just need somebody to poke you and to pride you and to remind you of who you are. Sometimes you need to be reminded of your righteousness. And the Holy Spirit doesn't come to remind you of sin. The Holy Spirit comes to convict you of your righteousness. Sometimes the Holy Ghost just needs to remind you, hey, son, hey, daughter, look up and not down. Do you know who you are? You're my child and I love you with an unconditional and everlasting love. I will go out of my way to bless you. And listen, I made plans for you before the world began. Before your mother met your father, I already had plans for you. I destined you for such a time as this. I deployed you into the planet at just the right time. You are anointed for my purpose. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are unique. God, you are set apart. Jesus ministered to this man one-on-one. Nobody around. He couldn't see the friend's faith. It was just me and you. Oh, you can't hear. Oh, you can't speak. I got to find a way to stir up your faith. Come on, son. I got to find a way. I need you to hear, son. As a matter of fact, let me, boom, do this. Let me put my fingers in you. I need you to believe God for hearing. I need you to speak, son. Open up your, uh, do this. Let me lay hands. I'm talking about God will minister to you. God will go to you. God will go out of his way to minister to you in a way that you can receive. Jesus had a tailor-made miracle for this man in Mark chapter 7. And God has tailor-made miracles for you. It may not even be a miracle, but he's a, he has a tailor-made answer. Whatever you're facing this morning, whatever you're dealing with, put in the chat, God has a tailor-made solution just for me. God has a solution for me. Why? Because God loves me. I'm God's son. I'm God's child. I'm God's favorite. Say amen to that. Put in the chat. Say, I'm God's favorite. I don't know about you, but I'm God's favorite. I'm his son, and he loves me, and I know it. Number three, God is more committed to you than you're committed to him. I want you to know that God is more committed to you than you are committed to him. Let's talk about it. Uh, let me give you some Bible on that as well. God is more committed to you than you are committed to him. When you think about the fact that God made plans for you from the foundations of the world, that you were born when you were born and you were born where you were born because of why you were born. You were not born just because your, your father you know, liked your mother or anything like that. No, you were deployed to this planet at just the right time for such a time as this. The Bible says, even when we are faithless towards God, he, God, remains faithful towards us for he cannot deny and he cannot disown himself. <clears throat> That's 2 Timothy 2 and 13. The Bible says, even when we are faithless towards God, God remains faithful towards us. Why? He cannot deny and he cannot disown himself. God will never look at me and deny me. Come on. You know why? Because when he looks at me, he cannot deny me because if he denied me, he would be denying himself. Oh, glory. Let me, let me, let me talk about this. Listen, God loves you. God, God made plans for you from the foundations of the world. If you're born again, then you are, you are covered by the blood of his son. You are filled with his Holy Spirit. You are called according to his plan and his per purpose for your, for your life. And so when Satan looks at you, he sees sin. When God looks at you, he sees his son. When God looks at you, he looks at the plans that he made from the foundations of the world. For God to deny you, he would have to deny himself. Come on, and God will, will not deny himself. And listen, actually, the Bible says in the book of Hebrews that, that God looked around when he wanted to bless Abraham. God looked around. He says, I, I, I need to swear by something to bless Abraham. He says, God couldn't find anything 
greater to swear by. So God swore by himself. Basically, the Bible says, God said, I swear to God, I'm going to bless you. I mean, God swore by himself to bless Abraham. When God looks at you, he cannot deny himself. When God looks at you, he sees everything he planned for you from the foundations of the world. When you get a hold of this thing that God loves me, I'm God's beloved. I am unique. I'm sent to this planet. God made plans for me. I don't have to worry about any. I don't have... Listen, this is why competitive jealousy is a disrespect and a dishonor to God. When you are comparing yourself to other people and when you devalue yourself by discrediting yourself, by coveting what other people have, you are dismissing who God made you to be. Listen, you can celebrate who other people are, but never devalue or discredit yourself. You are fearfully and wonderfully made and you are unique. If you are born again, then that's it. The purpose of God, the hand of God, the grace of God. For God to deny you, he would have to deny himself. Philippians chapter 1 verse 6 says, Be confident of this very thing, that he, God, who has begun a good work in us, he will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. My confidence is in God, not in me. My confidence is in God, not in my ability to remain good or faithful. No, I know that I am going to accomplish everything that God sent me to this planet to accomplish, but it's not going to be because I'm good. It's going to be because God is good. Put in the chat, God is good. I am confident of this very thing. Listen, when life gets tough, I keep looking unto God. When, when I keep, I know that God is the author and the finisher of my faith. I know that God is the creator and the sustainer of my life. I know that God is the alpha and the omega. He, he is the beginning and the end. I know that God made plans for me. He will never love, leave me. He will never turn his back on me. He will never forsake me. He will never relax the grip that he has for me, not to any degree. I am in God's hand and no man can pluck me out. Come on now. I'm talking about my confidence is in God and not in me. If you want to have confidence, your confidence has to be in God because you're not that good. Get over it. You are not, you're not that good. You're not that good now. You're, you're not perfect. You are flawed. You are human, but God is not. And so, so God is not a man. I am in God and God is in me. I'm in the kingdom. The kingdom is me. My confidence is in God and my confidence is fearless. My confidence is flawless. Why? Because my confidence is rooted and grounded in God's dedication to me. We serve a God that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above Ephesians 3 and 20, all that I can ask or think or even imagine. Why? Because he loves me with this unconditional love. God went out of his way to bless a man who could not hear, who could not speak, and God will go out of his way to bless you. Why? Because he loves you. Say, God loves me. Say it. Say, God loves me. Say, God loves me, and I know it. When you get this down in your heart where God loves me, I know God. I know that I'm God's beloved. I know that I'm God's favor. I know that God has this love for me. I know that God will never turn his back on me. I know that God will never leave me. When you know that, and I have confidence, and my confidence is not in me or my performance, this is why religion is so dangerous. Religion puts the spotlight on you and your performance. And when your performance doesn't measure up, then religion says, you messed up. You have to do these things now to pay it back. Or you, now, now you don't qualify. Now, listen, I never qualify. Let me just say this as I close. God made plans for you before you were born. God is dedicated to those plans. When you make a mistake or you sin, the devil is going to tell you that you disqualified yourself. Here's the question as I close. How can you disqualify yourself from something you never qualified for in the first place? God called you before you ever performed. So it's not based on your performance. 
is based on his grace and his goodness towards you. I need you to open up your heart to the love of God. Open up your heart to the grace of God. That's the only way you will ever become the man or the woman that God called you to be. While I was teaching, my prayer, and I hope that it happened, I believe that it happened for many of you, was that the love of God was being poured out in your heart, that you were being overwhelmed with the love and the goodness of God. If that happened, put it in the chat. I, I want to read those comments. Uh, put in the chat what God was doing to you. All right, so let's close this message out with a declaration of faith so I can let you go. I need you to lift, lift up your voice and speak this over your life. Say, Father, this is a season of refreshing and restoring for me. You dealt to me the measure of faith I need, and now you're working with me to stir up my faith to the point where I can release it. I am quick to release my faith. I look at every situation through the lens of faith. I speak to every issue, the language of faith, and I literally live by faith every second of every day. And while all of this is good, <laughs> I know your commitment to me is greater than anything I could do. So you cause me to prosper, you bless me richly, and you use me to manifest your glory on this planet. You load me up with your grace. You open doors for me that no man can close. And you look for creative ways to be a blessing to me so you can manifest your best in my life. I enter this day with fearless confidence because my confidence is not in me. My confidence is only in you. Therefore, I boldly declare, greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. This is today's word. Tomorrow we'll have another one. Please apply it and Prosper. If you're not getting these messages, go to, and you, don't you want my notes? You get my notes for free. Go to todaysword.org, click on the big red subscribe button, put in your email address. You're going to get all my notes in your email inbox every day for free. Listen, I love you and God loves you more. Have an amazing day. Leave me some comments in the chat if this message was a blessing. And then also share this message right now on your social media, on your timeline, and with your friends. Have, I, I love the word of God. I just love it. I, I don't make any excuses. I love the word of God. I love the miracles. I love all of these things. And so as we come to the miracle tomorrow, I don't know what miracle I'll deal with tomorrow. Just come with your heart open and ready to receive. Whatever God wants to deposit in your life, that's the deposit we all want to receive. Me too. All right? I love you. I'll see you tomorrow morning. God bless you. If you enjoyed this content and you would like to know more about our ministry or you would like to partner with us in what we're doing in the Caribbean, being a blessing to Haitian children in the Dominican Republic, then please go to ripministries.org. You'll be able to find out more information there. And if you'd like to make a donation, all the donations are tax deductible in the United States. A few months ago, the Lord impressed it upon my heart to set up a coaching and mentorship program. And Isabella and I set that up. And so now we make ourselves available on three different levels for those that want access to us and to learn things about maximizing your potential, increasing your personal productivity and fulfilling your life's purpose. If you're interested in that, go to patreon.com forward slash Rick Pina. And then lastly, we have several books and products on rickpina.co. These are products designed to help you grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. We have apparel there that will help you represent 
The Grace Life. Thank you so much for being a blessing to us. And we pray that our ministry will continue to be a blessing to you. 